welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. Welcome, bienvenue, welcome. I said to someone the other day, I keep bursting into song on the podcast, and I don't know if it's acceptable, it's like socially, um, and he said, it, "It to me, it sounds like you're hoping on some deep, deep level that you will be discovered. I, uh, he's right. I am. <laughs> Let's crack on, shall we? Welcome back to another podcast with me, Olivia Coleman. Not that Olivia Coleman. I don't know if I've told you this before. It's probably something I should look into before I repeat myself on a podcast, but... On occasion, people have an order of service at my weddings. It's not common because it's more common in a church service where you would have hymns, so you would need the lyrics. But it it does happen in a celebrant service. But the thing is, is that they then put on their order of service for all their guests to see ceremony led by Olivia Coleman. And then the poor buggers get ever so excited. And then I turn up and it's just face after face of disappointment. Anywho, I wanted to do another little story time with you today. People seem to enjoy that. I think it's like looking behind behind the, the window, you know, behind the curtain, so to speak, of the wedding world. So I wanted to talk to you about this incredible wedding that not only was I celebrant for, but I was also the coordinator for. And you may have heard me mentioning something to do with Paul from S Club 7. That was this wedding. So back in the summer, I had the honour of working with a lovely, lovely couple, Chantal and Steve. And they live only about sort of 10 minutes from me on the outskirts of Bath. They're from London, but they moved down here in lockdown and they have created this incredible home out of an old watermill. I mean, it was a house when they bought it, but they've really done a lot of work. It wasn't just purely pumping water. Is that what a watermill does? I don't really know. Does it make flour? No? Right. (laughs) So they had this incredible space. So when they got engaged, they thought, why wouldn't we do it at home? You know, we've just left the the city. Big city, big city life. There she goes, singing again. You can find me on Instagram. They'd left the city. They'd bought this beautiful home that had the space for a wedding. So it made perfect sense that they would have it there where they could control it. They could set their own rules, set their own time limits and things and really have total control over their pick of suppliers. So when Chantal got in touch with me about sort of eight, nine months before the big day, she had done the majority of planning herself. And she came to me with an inquiry as a celebrant. So we were talking about that. And then I explained to her that on occasion, I offer other services. (laughs) You saucy lot. Not those kind of services. Although, you know, if the money's good. I offer, on occasion, other services in the wedding industry. So I do coordination and I I do planning and I do bits and pieces outside of the ceremony, outside of being just a celebrant. I don't do it a lot because it is very time consuming and there are some incredible wedding planners out there who that is their sole focus. For me, my predominant role, my main responsibility and love goes into celebrancy. 
But if I am required to help and if I choose to help, basically if I like you, then I will help in other ways as much as I can. So I was chatting to Chantal about this when we were sort of talking about the wedding as a whole, as a picture. And I said to her, look, do you have a wedding planner? And she said, no, I've planned everything. Fine. Do you have a coordinator? No. Now there's there's your error. When you get married at home, especially, you really, really ought to have someone in charge on the day. You do not want to be bothered about the toilet roll running out or granny wanting a cup of tea or someone's too pissed to walk home. You need someone to greet the suppliers, someone to make sure that everything's running on schedule. You have got to have a point man or woman. And so we were talking about this. And so she just said, well, look, can you do it? It's like, yeah, babes, of course can, of course can. So obviously I liked her. So um, it was a really fun uh, project for me because it was not just the ceremony, but it was the coordination as well. It was an incredible wedding. I can't even begin, but I will try. It, it was a free day wedding for me, for the guests, just, just your one day. So it's sort of arse end of nowhere, but close enough to a town. I would say 99% of the guests were travelling from afar, most from in or around London. And she, the bride, is a barrister. So, I mean, instantly I had to remind myself that I'm in more intelligent company, which isn't strange. That happens a lot. And also, you know, I had to remind myself that when she said she was a barrister, she in fact studied law, uh, not how to make a cappuccino. And so a lot of the guests were barristers. So straight away, I was like, God, they're coming from London. And you know how I feel about the big city. I find it very intimidating and just assume everyone there is very wealthy and wonderful. They're coming from London, the big city, and they're barristers, which means they're clever and probably wealthy and fabulous. And they're coming to the little old countryside where I reside for this wedding for this gorgeous couple who also have the most gorgeous little boy at the time, um, a little toddler. So there was quite a lot of pressure. I mean, there's pressure with every wedding. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or how much you've got to spend. Of course, every single wedding, there's pressure and there's responsibility. But it was what was so lovely about this one was it felt really collaborative. It felt like a real community effort. So the wedding itself was on the Saturday and I rocked up on the Friday. I was invited. <laughs> and there were sort of... Well, actually, I got I got on Thursday because the the marquees were being set up, the marquees and the tents. Now, they were having the wedding in their front field, I suppose, for want of a better phrase. It, it's not a garden. It's it's too big for a garden. It's not a wood. There's not enough trees. Uh, it was a, their, their front field that the house overlooked. Really beautiful, beautiful setting. And so they were having uh, marquees and teepees put up. Now, we've got a lot of brilliant wedding suppliers around Bath, Bristol and the Southwest. And I'm totally blessed to be to live here and be surrounded by such talented, creative people. It really is some of the best in the country, I think, in, in Europe are around here. And so the teepees came from Buffalo Teepee Hire, who are a brilliant, brilliant team, really local. They set up the most incredible teepees. As a team, they run like clockwork. They're also visually very pleasing. So I rock up on the Thursday and nothing else is being set up. The teepees go up first and there's just like a, I want to say gaggle, but it should be something more masculine. You know, like a, like a, like a gang. <laughs> there was just a group. Let's all my group. 
uh, I'm being very um, sexist, I apologise, but there was a group of very attractive, strapping lads, you know, because they do summer work. And I feel like anyone who does summer work and those kind of people who always wear shorts, you know, no matter the weather, and they have slight T-shirt tans. So there's this gaggle of men erecting, <laughs> erecting teepees. And you know what I'm like for an erection joke. The second I turned up, I said to the bride, there's nothing I like more than a surprise erection. Luckily, she took it well. And they're all there. And I'm sort of just sauntering in with my bum bag. And, you know, hi, I'm Olivia Coleman. I'm, I'm coordinating the wedding and introducing myself like I'm important. So that was a really fun perk straight off the bat. So we had, um, <laughs> we had Buffalo TV. I will tag everyone in the description. And then we also had Southwest Marquis who supplied a giant stretch tent that went alongside the teepee. So the teepees was where were where the, the food was going to be. And then the stretch tent from Southwest Marquis, also a local company, that was for the dance floor. And then the ceremony was going to be totally outside, uncovered under this incredibly beautiful willow tree. It was so, so picturesque. They also had a company called Southwest Flags who provided... A Glastonbury flags? I don't know if that's like the technical term for them, but you know, those giant, tall, colourful things that blow in the wind. Um, <laughs> I can tell I've never been to Glastonbury. And so the whole vibe straight away, even on the Thursday, just looked really impressive. It looked really, really cool. So then I get there on the Friday and it's set up day, which is, do you know what? It's really fun. I think one of the best things about getting married at home, if you can, or, or any kind of do-it-yourself wedding, maybe a village hall or something, is that you get everyone involved. And so the bride and groom had done that. They got they pulled in the bridal party, a few of the ushers and their closest friends. There was probably about 10 of us and we were setting up. So um, Chantal, the bride, had hired in all these, these gorgeous bits and pieces, these bits of decor from Winterbourne Hire and Styling. And they were great. They just turned up, dropped everything off. We set it all out and then they just picked it all up on the Monday. They were brilliant. So we had a variety of old school looking rugs that we laid down, some old school seating, sort of rattan effect, vintage sofas and, and cushions that sort of flung everywhere. We had antique style, rusty, giant lanterns that we put candles in. We had festoon lighting. We had these beautiful uh, rustic woven charger plates for the dining tables and then the bride herself had collected over the months from charity shops and eBay and, and Etsy and places had collected these vintage candle holders in mostly gold so they were popped all over the, the, the tables as well long trestle tables which I think feels better in a teepee doesn't it it's just more in keeping with a more sort of rustic relaxed chilled out vibe I think round tables suit a smarter venue is not the right word, but you know what I mean. So it, it was all coming together really nicely. It was it was really good fun, actually. You know, I didn't drink because I was working. I didn't drink, you know, publicly. I think people are going to think I've got a problem. But they were all having a couple of beers and we were all getting involved and setting everything out. And we all sort of, you you bond quickly. When, when you're there, all for the same reason, you know, all for the same purpose and you're there because everyone there cares about these two people getting married you you click you get to know each other quite well and you bond and so we all became quite friendly very quickly on the Friday afternoon setting everything up and it was a really really good time we had we got a huge Domino's delivery order and, and things like that 
And so it looked lovely. And we were there for all day, pretty much. It did take a long time. I think that's the other thing. People underestimate how long it takes to set up. You know, I think people think that the work is done after the morning erection. And they couldn't be more wrong. The erection is just the start. So Friday night, I left, I went home and got an early night in prep for the wedding day. And the bride and groom in their bridal party, close family and friends, went to a local restaurant for dinner, which was lovely. They also ended up, they sort of, as we left, they said, oh, we had a bit of a heavy night last night on the Thursday, so we're going to take it easy tonight. I was like, yeah, all right. Pull the other one. Uh, they didn't. They ended up playing karaoke till sort of 3 a.m. <laughs> so when I, when I turned up on the Saturday, on the wedding day, the groom looked a little bit worse for wear, bless him. But, you know, he belted out some classic tunes, and I think that's really what counts. So... On the day itself, I'd had, because I was coordinating, I knew what was going on. I knew the drill. I'd had spreadsheets and lists and timelines and all the rest of it from the bride. She was so organised, which was so, so helpful, I can't tell you. So the tents were up, the decoration was up. There's always things you have to do last minute. And there are always things that go wrong. Luckily, two of their best friends were just an absolute godsend to me and were so, so helpful, I cannot tell you. So I got there in workwear so to speak and sort of got to it to, to make sure everything was perfect and everything was as it should be the wedding was starting one so the guests were arriving around then but also some were staying on site so behind the teepees the bride and groom had hired bell tents for some of their guests from a really fab company called southern bell tents uh, the lovely josh also local Really, really fun idea, actually, if you can, because it's a combination on site. It lends itself to this festival vibe wedding. I'm sure most bell tent companies do it, but but Josh from Southern Bell Tents, he set it all up. I mean, it's not, it's glamping, right? It's not camping, it's glamping. There's a mattress, there's a duvet, there's pillows, there's a little side table, there's a little light. It's really, really lovely, actually. And so that was all set up. So some guests were arriving and going into their bell tents whilst we were still setting everything up. The caterers arrived. They had a fab team called Wild Fork West, who were brilliant, brilliant fun. Also very good at cooking. So, you know, that's that's a plus when booking a caterer. Um, so they arrived and they started doing their thing. And then their team arrived. And then the guests start arriving in full. And they just, there's, a, there's quite a lot of them, actually. I think there's about 100. They all look wonderful. They've all made such an effort. And then, of course, the tricky thing is when I'm coordinating is I go from coordinator to celebrant. And that is actually quite a hard transition because the nature of the beast with wedding planning and wedding coordination is that you do tend to flap. You do. You do. Well, I do anyway. It's there's so much to think about and you're running from here to there to here to there. And then to do the ceremony, you have to be a bit more relaxed, a bit calmer. It's a slower pace. Right. So I went off. And, and had half an hour to myself to change and, and sort of freshen up and get in the zone. And it was just absolutely beautiful. But also, it appeared totally effortless. It was that vibe. Field, yeah, little tent, yeah, some music, cool, whatever. I mean, obviously, a lot of work and a lot of time and effort and love had gone into it. But it gave off that really effortless, cool vibe. It was so fun. So they had a team of the most incredible suppliers. They had a wedding singer called Sarah Monroe. She was incredible. She Her voice is heavenly. Poor thing had to come all the way down from London. Bloody railway was on strike. So it was a nightmare for everyone. 
So Sarah Monroe was there. She was playing the guitar during um, the arrival. They actually had drinks as the guests arrived because they could. Because with a uh, celebrant ceremony, because it's not legally binding, there are no restrictions on that. So you can consume alcohol before the ceremony. I encourage it. It makes me seem funnier. Whereas with a registrar, uh, you cannot legally serve alcohol in the room where the ceremony is taking place. And so a lot of venues won't let that happen because of the logistical, practical nightmare of everyone holding glasses and whatnot. Um, but obviously they could because I was doing their ceremony and it was at their own house. So they made the rules. So people arrived and they had some fizz and then the ceremony started. And it was what was different about it was that they had already seen each other. So the bride had got ready at a hotel down the road. She had arrived with her bridesmaids and then her fiancé greeted her and sort of everyone was clapping. It was so, so lovely. He greeted her with their little boy and then they walked into the drinks reception prior to the ceremony. Not for long, only about 45, 40 minutes. And then everyone sat down for the ceremony and then they walked in themselves, which I think is really nice. I think, you know, there are no rules and you do whatever the hell you want. And it's becoming a lot more common that people do walk down the aisle together or they walk down, the bride or groom walks out on their own. It's, I think you should do whatever you feel is right and whatever you feel is appropriate to you as a couple. So they walked themselves down together. They had some really lovely readings, two bridesmaids that are reading. I'm, I must get it. And if you, if you ever want any help with readings, please just ask because I've got a wealth of, of knowledge when it comes to that um, sort of ceremony content. And it was a brilliant reading that they did. And then what was really fun was whilst the ceremony was going on, they had an illustrator called Aaron Jacob Jones. And he is an illustrator. He is a live illustrator. His Instagram is the wedding illustrator, but like I say, I'll tag him as well. And when, when I was told that there was an illustrator, I was immediately thinking like a caricaturist. But he wasn't. He is an, he's an artist. I mean, <laughs> I don't mean, caricaturists are also artists, okay? But he was a real one. He, <laughs> he was incredible. He was doing these unbelievable watercolours. So he was painting the ceremony space during the drinks reception, carried on during the ceremony, which was so nice because the ceremony took place in front of their home, which was really sweet. So now they have this painting forevermore. And then throughout the um, the second drinks reception and the, and the dinner and the evening, he was there all day and all night. He was, he was painting live portraits of the guests. And actually, as far as wedding entertainment goes he is one of the best I've ever seen he was really he really was brilliant his paintings are exceptional so he's actually someone I've told about to a lot of people because I think if, if you're looking for something a little bit different he is your guy so he was there as well and then we had the ceremony and then we had the drinks reception and they had champagne and oysters which is pretty cool I had my first ever oyster from the Bristol Oyster Company uh, local again, obviously. And it was delicious. But I was confused because the man behind the oyster bar told me that you shouldn't just swallow. You should chew, you know. And I had always been under the assumption that one should just down the hatch. Hmm? Just pop it in your mouth and think of God. That's what I was told. But apparently not. Apparently you're supposed to chew. It tasted, actually, it tasted very nice. Very much of the sea. Couldn't mistake that it was... It was once in the sea because that's what it tasted of, salty water. <laughs> but it was delicious. 
So that was quite fun, not having traditional canapes, but having just champagne and an oyster bar. And then as they went down to to sit for their dinner, the band showed up to do their sound checks. Sound checks? The band showed up to do their sound check. They were brilliant, Switch. They're amazing. I've actually worked with them a couple of times now and they're an incredible band. But one thing they did have that I haven't mentioned yet, which I won't go into because I've already mentioned it on a previous podcast. So do you know what? If you don't know what I'm going to say, then you should listen to all the podcasts in order again, thoroughly. Pay your full attention. Another piece of entertainment they had was a tarot card reader. The tarot card reader was called Paul. Paul has not always been a tarot card reader or indeed a psychic wizard, as I think he calls himself. Paul was once in a, in a band, in a pop band. There were seven people in this band, almost like a club, almost called S Club 7. Paul from S Club 7 at this wedding. Was that the highlight for me? Possibly. I'm, I'm not going to go into detail because I've already spoken about it. And I don't want to bore my avid, avid listeners, mum. But it was, as far as entertainment goes, there was a lot of it. And it was seriously top bloody notch. They sat down for dinner. They had the most amazing time. They danced the night away. I'm pretty sure there was more karaoke. And then Muggins here <laughs> shows up the next day to clear up. And it was, they'd had like a brunch the next day and I showed up just after it so that everyone would have left so that I could do the clear up and, and sort everything out for collection on the Monday. And it was, it, do you know what? The, the day before the wedding is so fun because everyone's excited and getting involved and helping out. The day of the wedding it's the wedding day. And then the day after, everyone's so hungover slash slightly drunk still. Everything's funnier. It's all a bit foggy and hazy. The bride is wearing a sequin jumpsuit. I'm like obsessed with her. It was just a really cool, chilled out, like what just happened <laughs> kind of vibe, like a more glamorous hangover movie situation. It was so fun. It was really, really brilliant. And they were a lovely, lovely couple. And all their guests were wonderful. And I had an absolute bloody ball. So like I say, I am predominantly a celebrant. I am Olivia Coleman celebrant, but I do offer other services. You can always ask what those services are. I could always say no. So don't be afraid. Send me a message. DM me. Keep listening. I love that you listen. I'm absolutely obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with you. Have a great week, guys. Take care. Lots of love. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones. And the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee.